Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the weekend preview. And we got a double header for you. First, Bellator 290, CBS, Paramount Plus. It is going to be perhaps one of the biggest events that Bellator's ever had. And you probably haven't even heard about it. Second, we're talking about anything and everything from UFC Vegas insert number here. It was too good to miss the headlining spot early in 2023. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. That's sure to put butts in the seats. And we have some great fight announcements, including multiple headlining bouts. All this and more starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 263. Dominic, on this fine Tuesday. That's right. We are still releasing this on Friday, but we are recording this a little bit earlier than usual. I'm feeling good, Noah. It feels good to be back in the saddle after a layoff. And now there's no more, uh, there's no more teasing, right? Because we had MMA back for two weeks after a long hiatus, but then they hit us with a random week off. It's no more. We've got eight, ten, maybe even twelve straight weeks of fights coming up. Uh, multiple promotions, of course, with Bellator this weekend with two big title fights that no one knows about. It's going to be fun, man. I'm just happy to be back. We got the rhythm going. We got plenty of content going all across the Below Average Joe's brand. I missed your beautiful face, Noah, so it's good to see you back in here with me in the studio. I'm ready to rock and roll. How are you as we get going? I'm doing well, Dom. Doing very well. I was, of course, back in Ohio this past weekend. Uh, visited some friends, went to my mama's house to watch the Cincinnati Bengals play the Kansas City Chiefs. The result uh, did basically did not function as a human being for a solid 24 hours, mm. but we slept it off. We're here. We're back in the saddle for a great UFC event, Dom, that is headed by Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spiva from the Apex. This fight was supposed to headline one of your cards to sort of wrap up 2022, as I was saying earlier. But as we know, Dominic, uh, unfortunately, I think Derek Lewis had to pull out with an injury. So here we are. The fight's been rebooked. They made it a main event again. Tell me, Dom, are... are <laughs> Are the UF officials insane for making this the main event again? Or as it's have as you've had a lot of time to simmer on it because the second time it's been booked in this spot, has it grown on you at all? The potential for this fight, two heavyweights, one guy who's challenged for a title previously, Spivak, the polar bear, who is looking to really submit himself as a top ten heavyweight. Is the intrigue there for you, Dom? Oh, Noah, I don't feel much more excited for it now as I did in 2022, but here we are. I'll tell you right now, I sure hope we don't lose this main event this time because it's going to be even worse uh, if that's the case. So knock on wood there. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just I, I don't even have a problem with the fight, like number seven, number 12, two guys at different points of their careers, yada, yada, yada. It just doesn't need to be a headliner. I, I don't believe it 
needs that spotlight. Not that it's getting much spotlight. I mean, it's like a 1 a.m. Eastern time start for the main card. So this these guys will not even be fighting until like 3, 3.30 a.m. Eastern time at the earliest, which is mind-boggling stuff for, you know, the United Kingdom European folks. They're kind of making fun of us this week, and rightfully so, I understand. But I don't know, man. I just – it's cool, right? I mean, fights are back at the end of the day, but – it's just kind of whatever like and i don't feel much different in terms of an outcome if anything i feel more strongly on the spivak side now than i was in 2022 because lewis had that injury we still don't really know all the specifics about what it was spivak just had more time to prepare i i've seen pictures and videos of Derek lewis looks to be a little bit leaner than usual but he's kind of said that for a long time and then fight week will come and he kind of looks the same he, he has shown a bit of a chip on his shoulder recently. He's kind of upset. Some people are kind of he, – he's upset that people are writing him off at this point in his career, not taking him serious anymore. So for all I know, Derek Lewis could come out here, look the best he's ever looked in his life, and try to get back to another title fight. I'm just a little pessimistic at that, Noah. Ah, curious to hear what you think. And because he does seem to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder, he doesn't seem to appreciate that people are overlooking him and sort of writing him off. But I would also argue, Dom, that I feel like Derek Lewis has sort of played up that side of himself as a fighter. Every fight he goes in acting like he never really trains that hard. Um, he doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, I, I feel like in a way he's sort of brought that on himself as a means to let guards down and um, surprise them with how good he actually is. It's working for Derek Lewis because he looks like he's in great shape. He looks like he's really taken at least the cardio side of his training very serious and, and, and getting prepared for this fight, which I think is good because we know that Sergei Spivak is going to have a cardio advantage. He's a better wrestler. That's really his game plan here, wrestling, grounding, dragging you into those later rounds. Derek Lewis doesn't quite have that kind of stamina, but if he can at least – make himself still as explosive and powerful in round two and three as he is in round one, then you have something there. Because that one of the, the, the key traits of uh, Derek Lewis's success is not just the power in his hands, but it's the timing of his punches as well. Mm-hmm. You look at the knockout he had against Curtis Blade, uppercut, a fight he was losing handedly, even on the feet, for the entire first round. But he, as soon as Curtis Blades looked to drop levels and take him down, Derek Lewis perfectly timed uppercut, and that mixed with second the none power put him to sleep. Spivak does not even have the chin that some of the, the those guys have that Derek Lewis has put away easily. So, yes, I see your point about maybe feeling more confident in Spivak because. You know, this this train has to go off the rails at some point for Derek Lewis. You know, we we sort of are accepting to the fact that his best days are probably behind him, but that's exactly the scenario that you put him up against, and he tends to surprise people. Right when you yeah. think, okay, he's got nothing left, you know, he'll take on a couple more losses, and then that's it. That's when he kind of rewinds the clock and, Puts up a really good knockout to have people talking some more. If I were to bet on MMA, which I am not legally allowed to do at this point, <laughs> there is a legally binding contract between me and the show that I will not do that until I get my ghost bets right. 
But if I were, I'd probably sprinkle a little something on Derek Lewis because at plus 185 at heavyweight, I never like huge spreads at heavyweight anyways. You know, obviously this card's a little lackluster. There is, uh, uh, however, I will just mention that the road to the UFC uh, semifinals are happening on this card, right? Isn't that four of the fights on the prelims? Am I right about that? Correct. Yep, four of them. So if that's something you're you're looking out for, that's on here as well. There's also some good prospects on this card. Tatsuro, Tyra at flyweight's probably the biggest one. I still like the Korean Superboy Dom, Duho Choi. He's on this card yep. uh, fighting Kyle Nelson. He needs a win for sure. He's lost like three in a row, has only fought three times since 2016 or 2017. Um, been much more scarce in his uh, fighting, but I still believe in Duho Choice. So there's definitely some guys on this card that I'm interested in, but usually the, their opponent doesn't quite feel up to their level. So um, it has an uphill battle, but those, these are the cards that could always surprise us the most. You never know. Yep, very true. Good point. Uh, a card that's a little bit better, but you probably have heard even less about, is Bellator 290. This is also going down Saturday. Of course, the one time that Bellator doesn't put their fucking card on a Friday. They do it on Saturday, and it's a jam-packed Saturday just scheduled, Dom. You got Duke in North Carolina playing Saturday. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. I like that Bellator is going to be on CBS. That at least makes it feel a little different, a little special. Kind of reminds me of the old Strike Force days when... Strike Force would air on CBS. Actually, I think Strike Force was the last time CBS aired MMA on national television. And Fedor Emelianenko run it back. So it'll be the second time that these two have fought. Champion Fedor to challenger. A lot of people thinking this might be Fedor's retirement fight. Of course, you may not know for sure because there's not been a whole lot of promotion for this fight. Mm-hmm. But Dominic, Fedor, one of the best to ever do it. But a guy who is clearly, clearly on his last leg, clearly past his prime. But there's also some questions about Ryan Bader at this point. Ryan Bader did defeat Bader pretty easily. Hit him with a weird, it was like a hook jab type deal. Like he almost wanted to throw both and instead threw a mixture of the two. And actually knocked him out. Uh, and I think that was the their heavyweight Grand Prix. I don't know if it was the semifinals or the finals, but... Uh, um, because of that, you got Ryan Bader has a pretty big advantage here. But we've seen Ryan Bader look like he missed a little bit. Now you, it is a heavyweight, and his last loss was at light heavyweight. So maybe it was just the weight cut, and that heavyweight he's just going to look a lot better. But you go up against a surging Fedor. This this matchup is interesting. It feels like he's a favorite here. How are you, you leaning on? Yeah, it's hard not to side with Bader still just because he's looked so good in Bellator at heavyweight. I mean, he's undefeated at that weight class. His only losses in Bellator were at 205, and he was still a champion there. It's crazy just looking at the stats as we get recording today. Fedor made that uh, big return fight kind of out of nowhere against Tim Johnson, knocked him out. No, that was in October of 2021. It's been that long ago since that fight happened. Holy crap, dude. I did not (laughs) realize it. So he's had another insanely long layoff here. 
Um, and now he's coming into the title fight, probably his last hoorah against Bader, a guy that's already knocked him out once. It's interesting. It, it is really interesting. It would be quite the story if Fedor could pull off the upset here. I just, I feel like, obviously, Bader being the more active fighter, especially even at the heavyweight division, his last two fights have came there as early as last May. I, I just feel like the momentum is still there. He's still holding that title. The last thing he wants to do uh, is lose both of, both of his belts in a matter of a year and a half. So I would side with Ryan Bader here, but it would be quite the uh, swan song if Fedor can come in and win that belt in his last fight. Yeah, I mean, what a moment that could be. You know, it's so rare in a sport, Dom, that you see the legends, the, the all-time greats go out on top. And I almost feel like if Fedor did win this fight, <laughs> that would like convince him to stick around mm. and uh, we'd still end up at the same place later. But just hear me out here. That exactly is why I don't think Fedor is going to win this fight, Dom. How, how many examples, if you look through the history, where that's happened, where a guy who's on his way out is within the last month, Glover Teixeira against Jamal Hill. Glover had been fighting like some of the best he's ever looked and then thoroughly beaten by Jamal Hill for five rounds in a retirement fight. Has an okay first round and boom, gets knocked out by a guy who had, that was his first win in the UFC against the former light heavyweight champion Shogun Hua. Really outside of like GSP and Habib, that's it. Those are the two that have had the, you know, go out on top ending. And like for Habib, it was well before you felt like he had done everything and felt like he was really past his prime or anything or mm -hmm. like really maximized his prime years. And GSP, you could sort of say the same. There was a big layoff in there before he kind of came back and won that second title against Michael Bisping. Mm -hmm. So because of that, Dom... That more than anything. In MMA, these guys who don't know what, you know, they're so, their whole life, they've had the fight. They've had the fight to get opportunities. Then they've had to go in and win those opportunities. It's hard to get out. I get it. Yeah. You see it in other sports, but it's in a combat sport because you're really putting your body on the line, your mind on the line, and your life on the line in some ways. And, you know, for a, for something in human nature, when your body starts to fail after you hit a certain age, it starts to, there is a peak. He's already been beaten pretty easily by Vader. I just don't see, like when I picture this fight, I don't see that, uh, that pearly gate ending where Fedor gets carried out on top with the title. It's a great way to go out. I kind of hope it happens. But unfortunately, that's not the sport we're in, Dom. Um, any other thoughts on this fight? Uh, just quickly, as I was thinking of more stats as you were going, and you made great points. Also, I do love that this is on CBS, another just huge opportunity for Fedor to go out big with a lot of eyeballs on him, at least I hope so in terms of eyeballs watching this event. Like you did quickly mention with Bader kind of clipping him, and it happened, it was uh, 35 seconds and it was over. We didn't get to really even see him feel each other out. Bader's been going the distance a lot lately, so we've seen him rack up octagon time or cage time, not really going for the finish, or if he is, just not being able to get rid of his opponents. But for Fedor, he's had six straight fights in in the first round. Four of them were in under two minutes. So it's like 
Are we going to see another long drawn out Bader fight, which I would lean toward him? Do we see another really fast fight? And it's still kind of hard to not favor Bader when he's already done it once to Fedor. So it is just an interesting fight, guys. It's a fun title fight. On to the next title fight. Yeah, a lot of star power. So that's something that this next fight lacks, even though I think it's a great fight on paper. That's Johnny Evelyn, who is your uh, middleweight champion, I believe. I almost said welterweight. Hopefully, after he's a middleweight champion. He is making the first defense of his against Anatoly Tokov. Tokov undefeated in Bellator, Dom. But dare I say, this is one of the best fights Bellator could put on right now. Two guys that are just really hitting their stride, hitting their peak. Johnny Evelyn, the way he beat Gegard Mousasi, very impressive. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm. And he's only going to get better. His wrestling's already phenomenal. As long as he keeps building the rest of that game, he's going to be a motherfucker to take that belt off of. But Anatoly Tokov can finish you anywhere and everywhere and has done it time and time again. He knockouts to his name, seven submissions. That's a lot of finishes in a career, Dom. And yes, he even has some decision wins as well. So he is truly capable of winning this fight no matter where it goes, no matter how long it goes. So this is going to be a real big test for Johnny Eblen. Not going to get the shine it deserves on a card that's already underpromoted. But damn it, this is the fight of the weekend as far as I'm concerned. What say you, Dom? That's beautiful, Noah, because you hit the nail on the head. It is the fight of the weekend. It's the biggest fight of the uh, card and both cards. It's a great fight. It's one that is severely underrated, which is so unfortunate. We have a guy that in Tokov who's getting his first title opportunity is undefeated in Bellator, like Noah said, and your champion is undefeated in his entire professional career, just coming off beating Yegard Musasi who looked so damn good as the middleweight champion. Uh, I don't think that win gets enough credit. I know it was a decision, and it wasn't like the most exciting thing, but he dominated Musasi for 25 minutes after dominating John Salter just a couple months prior to earn that title opportunity. So Evelyn is a very underrated talent, very well-rounded skill set. Tokov is a dangerous finisher, and Noah even said that he can win decisions too. So really, anywhere that this fight can go, I don't even know if I can favor one guy over the other in certain instances. And that's when you know you have a really good fight. And then on top of that, you add it as a five-round title fight. Come on, guys. I, I know you're. it's going to get slept on. But this is these guys deserve some credit here, Noah. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's interesting. You were talking about Johnny Eblen's skill set. I think the question is, ha- as he continues developing, he's at a good camp. He's obviously a champion that's going to open up more doors for him. Younger guy, can he continue to build on that skill set to make mm-hmm. it more fleshed out, well-rounded? Because Tokov is able to snuff out those takedowns and stuff them for the majority of that fight. Johnny Evelyn's in real trouble, real danger there, because I don't think he has any answer for what Tokov can do on the feet. And even if he were to just get desperate with the takedown attempts, Tokov is definitely capable of locking on a submission as well. So in a way, Johnny Eblen at minus 180, I don't hate the value at Tokov at plus 150, but I do have a belief that that Johnny Eblen will get it done, um, even with the X's and O's sort of pointing a different direction, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the guy who I think has the clearest skill 
the mm. biggest skill among the two, even if the wrestling comparison, I think that wrestling could end up winning him this fight, and I think it will win him this fight. Yeah, see if he could use that superb skill set to grind it out like we've seen him do time and time again. Can Tokov survive that and turn the page? That's the story. Yeah, so we have a couple of uh, news stories. Uh, it's a slow it's a slow news week. I mean, yeah, we, we had some time off because of no event this past weekend. but And, yes, we're recording early in the week. But, Dominic, outside of the fights that we'll get into in a little bit, not been a whole lot going on. So, and, and obviously this UFC card is uh, pretty weak, so we really don't even have to put much of a shine on. So, Dominic... Because of that, we're going to talk about Prime. I don't know if it's called Prime Prime Sports Drink. I don't know what it's called. Mm. But Lowell and KSI's Sports Drink Prime is now the official sponsor of the UFC. The Paul brothers have invaded him and Logan Paul with the UFC. They're shaking hands. They're kissing babies. They're sponsoring the corners. The corner, like the prime rehydration corner or whatever now. So Jake Paul signed with the PFL. What world are we living in, Dom? 2023 is a disaster. No, I'm just kidding. But my question for you is pretty simple. Just a little something to throw in here. This is almost like a closing statement. But I just want to know, Dom, have you tried Prime? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? It's supposed to be like so- a Gatorade Powerade kind of alternative. Yeah, so I've actually not had it, but I am starting to see it more and more. I I know that it's basically what body armor is or was. So it's a shame. I, I, I'm a big body armor advocate. So to see them not with the UFC anymore does hurt me. And of course, it's the Paul brothers that may take that deal over. But I, I have heard good things about the drink. So I am going to have to try it just to, just to see, you know, just to check it out. But uh, this is a big deal uh, for the Paul brothers, Logan Paul specifically, with the UFC here in KSI, to get the. Uh, it's awesome. We've seen these guys, regardless if you love them, you hate them, you're in between on them. They know how to do business and they know how to make money. And this is just another prime example. No, no pun intended there. I really didn't mean to do that. But um, I, I'll just say one thing. I, I saw the deal with like the recovery zone thing and they're going to have their picture on the cage, you know, normal sponsor stuff. But we're not actually going to have Bruce Buffer say now fighting out of the blue prime hydration recovery zone. And then in the red prime <laughs> hydration recovery zone, we're not saying that right. <laughs> Noah, tell me we aren't saying that we're going to find out Saturday, I guess. I surely hope that that's not the case. <laughs> I heard as part of the deal of stepping away and Logan Paul is taking over his position. No, makes sense. (laughs) Um, uh, Would it surprise you, Dom, to know that I've actually tried Prime? that surprise you? Okay, tell me. Tell me your thoughts. So I have three different flavors. You know, I had yet to see it been at up until probably two or three months ago i was at a gas station back in ohio actually when i was staying with my uh, folks and um went in there and i saw they had like five different flavors i was like you know what i'm gonna try this very simple but you got the full i like the color scheme like it's just very much that color on the bottle like it's not trying to overdo it with the look i kind of like that so i got fruit punch which is the red lime and the green bottle. And 
And blue bottle was like blue raspberry or something like that. So I I thought out of those three, when it comes to Gatorade or Powerade, fruit punch and lemon li- lemon lime is like my favorite for Powerade mm. for Gatorade. I love lemon lime. Fruit punch variation for both as well. Blue raspberry I don't even think is something that Gatorade or Powerade offer, but blue Powerade and Gatorades are awesome. Yes. So, inevitably, I thought these w- these were going to be good comparisons for how good are they really. Mm-hmm. So, truthfully, didn't love them. Lemon lime, lemon time, and I think what it was, Dom, was in Gatorade and Powerade. You notice lemon lime is yellow, mm. and I think I realized the big difference here is they're very lemon heavy. Prime focuses more on the lime hence why and i think i just preferred the lemon a lot more than the lime so um didn't love it you know i think the best one though was the blue good fruit punch was okay and lemon lime i just probably would never have gets better than gatorade or powerades and at this point in my life i tend to drink like the zero sugar versions of those anyways Mm -hmm. and i still would prefer them but prior to Gatorade and Powerade, I believe it's a little bit better for you in terms of the sugar content and whatnot. So if you're looking for a healthier alternative, do your own research because I may be just telling you a complete fabrication there. But it may be worth your time. It's a little expensive, but, you know, if you're a, if you're a big Paul Brother fan, then there you go. It's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not terrible. And, and, you know, us being huge Paul Brother fans, I am going to have to try it now, Noah, so I will keep you updated <laughs> on when that happens. Yeah, please do. But now for the fight announcements, we typically save these for the recaps. But, eh, fuck it, this is a short episode anyways. So it's are as follows, Dom. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, April 15th, five-round headliner on a UFC fight night. And then we had three... For UFC 287, also in April, Anya 2. Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Mott for the BMF title. And Kevin Holland against Santiago Ponzinibbio. So, Dominic, four fights, all pretty big in their own right. Where's your mind going? What are your feelings about the matchups here? Yeah, no. So I kept this actually headline too anywhere but the apex because I think it's important to know. Of course, Max Holloway, Arnold Allen is a fight night headliner. That needs to be nowhere near the apex. And I know that's why Noah put that on here originally. But for the other three fight announcements, they don't have a uh, venue yet. It's rumored for New York, but in what part that still remains to be the question. Could it be Brooklyn or could it be MSG? I've heard that those are the two discussions. So we will see. When that happens, UFC 287 in April. Of these four fight announcements, though, I, it's awesome, right? We're getting the rematch with Izzy and Alex Bahera. That's a huge event. Gilbert Burns and Jorge has been rumored for a while now. We're getting that. Kevin Holland's back already. The dude fights 12 times a year. It's Max Holland and Arnold Allen. It always was Max Holloway and Arnold Allen. Noah, this is an amazing five-rounder in the 145-pound division. A very important five-rounder in the 145-pound division. Noah Max is in one of the most unusual rare spots that we see 
or hardly ever see, I should say, fighters be in. In the fact that he has fought the current champion three times, lost to that champion three times. But everybody else in the division, Max Holloway tends to dispose of, and most with relative ease. Arnold Allen has been scratching and clawing his way up to the top of the featherweight division to get the respect that he so rightfully deserves. And now he gets the opportunity to beat one of the best featherweights of all time in Max Holloway to cement himself as a number one contender, of course, following the interim title that we're going to see in February. This is an awesome fight. It is an exciting fight. And boy, oh boy, April 15th, I heard there's some venues here in Ohio or in the Midwest that's open. You know, Max was rumored to maybe be in there last March. Let's try and get him here this uh, in 2023, Noah. That's an amazing fight, so I had to pick that one. Um, I had actually heard a rumor that UFC 287 was being looked at for Miami. I, I thought maybe oh. it was Gilbert Burns who said that in an interview. Uh that that's what he had heard. Um, don't quote me on that. You might have heard more valid. Val- you seemed pretty confident when you were saying New York. So that like in a tweet in passing. So don't put too much stock on it. But it would be pretty cool if they went to Miami. Jorge Masvidal back, going up against Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is a massive favorite, yeah. and probably rightfully so. But I can't deny that I love that Gilbert Burns is getting this fight. I've been rooting for that guy to get a big fight. We had kind of talked about his place in this division not too long ago. We were sort of pessimistic about what fight he could really get. Like We almost, I think, described him as being like in no man's land because the UFC and a lot of these fighters didn't want to seem to fight him due to his um, obscurity, I guess, in comparison to some of the big names in this division. Aaron is a guy who has not lost, or lost to Hamza, but has only lost one time since fighting for the title, has really disposed of pretty easily the likes of Stephen Thompson and others. I thought he was well-deserving of a big fight. If anything, Jorge Masvidal is fighting out of his element here. So, yes, I understand Masvidal is the big name, but... This is a dangerous fight for Masvidal. Respect to him because I do think he's not been taking safe fights uh, recently. He's been less active, but like the Colby Covington fight, I know there was a lot of bad blood, but that wasn't like a fight that was in his best interest in terms of like an easy fight or anything. And this isn't either. So I give him a little Mm -hmm. bit of credit for that. And I do think that headliner, Don Pajara, is the... Alex Pajara, everything that comes out of that guy's mouth just sends a shiver down my spine. Did you see the video, Dom, where they spliced up? I think it was Pajara in the Izzy fight and then Izzy in the Gastelum fight where Izzy was saying, you know, Mm. between rounds, they're getting ready to go, and he says, I'm prepared to die. And then Pajara in his native tongue saying, I'm ready to kill. Like, ooh, man. Just uh, every Pajara is a bad fucking man. That is terrifying. And uh, I'm just very excited to see those two go at it again because we saw Izzy win the fight the first time around. The second time, you know, it's weird. Pajara getting that knockout blow in round five. And it was just such a crazy moment. Really looking forward to this. And Dominic, I mean, you tweeted it out on our Below Average Joe's Twitter page, which you can follow at the Bajma, uh, 
But Dom tweeted out just how, like, about the spring lineup and just how it's on fire. And it is. It's been a terrible first month of 2023 for the UFC, just in terms of a lot of bad publicity. You got slap fighting, trying every chance they get to connect themselves with MMA. It's gross. But starting with not this weekend, but the following weekend when you have Makachev versus Volkanovski, all the way until what's now been announced with Behera versus Izzy 2. They're banger. I mean, that is so many just massive, all-time kind of legacy fights. And I am just beyond, beyond excited for the roller coaster we're about to go on the next four or five months. It's going to be so much fun. Yes. Anal goosebumps Noah just gave me there, and I love when he does that to me. So let's go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) so that's it but we only end the show one way dom and that's what the little segment we like to call closing statements Mm. the point of the show where me and dominic can talk about anything and everything mma related or not all right noah this is what i got for you today been thinking about this one i uh, lately I, i sometimes i bring decent questions sometimes i don't have nothing or i'll think of them really late while we're going this one i've had ready and i've been wanting to discuss it ask you ask the community so let's do this first off to preface this and why it's been on my mind i on saturday this past saturday evening watched the wwe 2023 royal rumble noah from start to finish the first time i've watched a wwe pay-per-view start to finish in probably over a decade well over a decade if we're talking full thing and uh, I found myself enjoying it, right? I don't really know m- many of the wrestlers nowadays or many of the storylines, but it was just fun. Noah knows I've been on a rewatch of like when we were strong into it, the end of the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. I'm rewatching those on Peacock, having a blast. But anyway, on Saturday, it got me thinking. And sometimes when I'm at the gym, uh, an old wrestling song will come on, like the rock playlist. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. And who is this wrestler that had it? So it got me thinking. I want to ask Noah, because I don't think I know the answer, and I want to ask you all, and I want to tell you all my answer. What's your favorite WWE theme song slash intro song for a wrestler? And Noah, rather than Mm. making you pick just one, I'm going to give you this. You got Give me your number one, and then you can give me an honorable mention. I will let you go first, unless you would rather me give you mine first. No, that's fine. I can go first. First, I'll tell you what's hilarious, though, is that I also watched <laughs> the entirety of the 2023 Royal Rumble. And that's funny because me and you did not even talk <laughs> about it. But uh, that was part of the reason I went to Columbus to visit some of my friends because, you know, none of us watch it anymore. But a lot of those guys, we all kind of grew up with it like me yeah. and Dom did. So it was just fun. Like, you know, they were all drinking and stuff. And um, it's fun to watch it with people because it's so ridiculous now. But um it was you know it was a it it wasn't i didn't think it was a great show uh the royal rumble um disappointed me a little bit but i'm also just so out of it now that it's hard for me to get that invested into some of these newer people so um it felt like if you were an older fan coming like it was like the show least meant for people like me because dominic did any guy that we grew up have a moment to shine here Rey Mysterio never showed up to the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar was in for like two minutes. T came and did a spin a Rooney, but he looked 
old. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else. Right, there was no Randy Orton because he's hurt. No John. Um, I mean, it was. Uh, there wasn't a ton of uh, our guys that we grew up with getting a lot of shine here, Dom. It was not a lot of surprise in entrance. I was waiting for the hurricane. Uh, that was my predict. We all predicted <laughs> at Columbus a guy, an old timer, that would come back for this match because they always do that in Royal Rumble. And yeah. I said the hurricane would be the guy. Didn't come back. But mm-hmm. for the like, answer to your question, the best theme song. Okay, I think for my honorable mention, I'm gonna say Kurt Angle. Ooh, because nice. You know, I that theme song used to get me. He's one of my favorites ever. Yeah, and that theme song had a big reason for that. Even though like the fans took it over and started doing the "You Suck" chants, it sort of added an element to it. Oh, yeah. But man, it's so patriotic. It just hits so. And what's funny, Dom, is that Kurt Angle isn't even the first guy in WWE. I bet you didn't know that. There was some guy that was in in like 1997 named the Patriot who wore like an American flag mask. That was actually his theme song. And then he goes. He gets out of the company. Angle comes in in like 99 or whatever. He gets that theme song, and it just fits him so perfectly. It's epic. It's patriotic. It's everything I am. I'm a patriotic, epic guy. So You are very yeah, epic. But I love it. I love that the crowd gets the crowd gets so invested in it, you know, involved with the, with the You Suck chants. That will be my honorable mention. But I think in terms of an actual song – you know, there's some that transcend being a wrestling theme song and are just good songs. I try to pick something. I'm not sure if this is like a real song or if this was, you know, a lot of theme songs are made by uh, guys that WWE have hired to write the music and make the music. Mm-hmm. But then there are some that were, mu- there were songs before they were being, you know, used. Right. So I'm going to try to give you an answer for a, a song that was not, but I feel like is so good on its own that you can listen to it anyways. Uh, Edge as the Rated R Superstar, his theme. That's uh, that's the humor for me. Mm. Um, on this day, I see clearly. I mean, that's uh, just... I hated Edge at that time. I thought he was a motherfucker. But, man... That that like was a song that I would constantly listen to on early YouTube back in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, um, good times. So that would be my number one. How about you, Dom? No, it's actually funny that you just made that your number one because that uh, was actually going to be my honorable mention. So that song is is one of the ones I was talking about that pops up on like my playlist sometimes at the gym by Alter Bridge. I, I don't know how to necessarily pronounce the name of the song. Metalingus. It's metal. And then Ingus mm. is like the right. So I'm assuming okay. it's me, Metalingus, something like that. But that's the name of the song. Alter Bridge <laughs> on this day. Yeah, it's awesome. But I was going to add to my honorable mention with Edge and his theme songs, because not only was the rated R superstar Edge to this day still uses that song. Badass. But before that. And I love how he also has the You Think You Know Me that comes on before any of the songs he's had. The Rob Zombie Edge 
theme song was also badass. So Edge in general gets though my honorable mention with both uh, of his songs. Scream if you want it. Uh, I want it more. I can't remember the name of the song by Rob Zombie, but that song was sick. Yeah. Okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. that's a good song. So Edge in general gets my honorable mention for two fantastic theme songs. But for my number one, I have to go The Game by Motorhead, Triple H. Mm. The, the, when that fucking music hit and he goes, it's time to play the game. The arena goes dark. The lights are like the purple, green, and blue. Triple H does his little hardcore walk down. Always had the perfect timing with the water spit and the guitar solo. Oh, my goodness. That song and that entrance is absolutely iconic. I have to give that one my number one spot, Noah. Let me just say, because you did just tell me that that Edge theme song is likely a song before it was a theme. Answer then for my number one. Because I said I wanted it to be something that isn't already made for the purpose of being just a song for you to listen to, but something that was made specifically for a wrestler. Mm. And then it sort of transcended it. I never get more goosebumps. And I kind of forgot about this guy when I was thinking of answers or else he probably would have been my honorable mention at first. Brock Lesnar's theme song. Here comes the pain is all I think of every time. I remember Taz and Michael Cole when Brock Lesnar was on SmackDown. Every time that theme would come on, you'd hear Taz go, well, here comes the pain. Mm -hmm. And you knew that shit just got real every time. Brock Lesnar, the bad motherfucker. And guess what? It's an MMA podcast. So, of course, I'm going to give Brock Lesnar a little bit of shine. I sure as shit ain't going to say CM Punk's theme song. That's great. (laughs) But... Yeah, someone that made a little more of an impact on our sport here, Dom. So, Brock Lesnar it is. Yeah, I love that, dude. It was never any lyrics or nothing either. Guitar, drums, and a sick beat. That's all it was. And he still uses it 20 years later. I mean, it's badass. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good enough closing statement for the two of us. So, my name is Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joe's and we'll see you guys on Monday.